Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere, and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we are excited to talk with Dr. Fitria, who is joining us from West Borneo, Indonesia. Fitria is a doctor of medicine and environment youth activist since 2015. She is working on planetary health and environmental right issues. She has spoken at many international high-level policy consultation forums, representing youth locally and regionally, especially at the UN and ASEAN forums. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Fitria. Thank you, Yodit, and thank you, Sharon. Thank you for having me here. It is wonderful to be talking with you, and I am curious about what in your own life made you so passionate about planetary health? Uh, I've been involved in the environmental issues um, like for uh, the activities since 2015, like a few months before I came to medical school. So I joined the grassroots uh, movement here with the local youth as well. And at the moment, I just think that, okay, I need to do something for my community how can i contribute myself to my community and i found that the environmental issues in my city is quite interesting because every year annually we experience smoke from the forest fire in here and it's really bad it's affecting people's health and a lot of people get sick because that in my city it's kind of small city in west borneo and uh, this city has the longest river in indonesia a lot of people still littering in the river and make the river as a trash bin. So it's kind of complex issues in here because people's behavior, but it's all affecting by first the climate change. I joined this movement for the youth activities in my city. And then I came to medical school and I realized that what I was doing right there, it's something like have a strong relation with the health itself. And then I tried to learn and try to find the nexus between the health and the environment itself. And of course, I found the, the, the red thread where I see where the environment affects the health. And it's I'm like the small change in environment can impact the human's health in a different ways. Preventing the forest fire also can benefit for our respiratory health because it can reduce the incidence of upper respiratory infection disease. I'm trying to dig more and I'm entitled as a doctor where I have the responsibility to cure people, not only their medication, but also by my activism in environmental issues. You have this activism for planetary health and it is so closely linked to your profession being a medical doctor. What we have heard is that for at a lot of these international or national f- forums that while youth advocates are invited to speak, they're not heard in the same way. And what is your experience with that? 
I'm currently doing right now, part of the ASEAN Environmental Rights Working Group. So this ASEAN consists of 11 countries in Southeast Asia. And I am representing my organization, is ASEAN Youth Forum. And we are the only one youth organization involved in that working group from the beginning, from the scratch until the end of the process um, in 2024. And it's really nice to see the effort for the ASEAN um, government. It's a good progress to see that, okay, at least in the regional capacity, I don't, my voice is still considered and the tokenism is, is not there. But yeah, I cannot deny that several forums also still have that tokenistic involvement for the youth. And that's the homework. We are very loud for that. I believe that there are a lot of youth that still demand that our voices matter. So not only at the end of the consultation or the process of the draft, but we need to be involved in every process and the steps that will be the meaningful youth participation. Because what will be the meaning if we just involved at the end. What has been your journey in recognizing that you have a voice and that you can use it to make change in your community? I come from a small city in Pontianak in the western part of the Borneo, which it's really hard for us to have the accessibility to the national events to raise our voice. This is my good luck to have this opportunity at the international level and I see that I have this voice to represent this local community where I experience a lot of things that re- regarding to the environmental issues, how this climate change affecting my life, my family, my community, and uh, it affects the most marginalized. Sometimes it's really hard for us to reach this international level because there are a lot of barriers, especially for the language because this small city and not everyone are able to speak in English. I was assisting the U.S. Embassy in here, and they told me a story that uh, actually West Borneo has good potential of the youth, and we have a lot of good programs uh, for youth to exchange their idea to learn in the U.S., but they have this language barrier. And then the second one, the accessibility. We are very far from the capital. We need to have like one or two hour flights and then uh, it's quite expensive in here to have that flight. Like this distribution of the opportunity is not really equal. So I see this barrier in my country and I see the other hand, I have the opportunity to raise my concern and to be involved in the bigger community to make change. This is me in, in this small city but I can raise my voice at until the international level which mm-hmm. it's not common opportunity for youth in here so I need to be the representative. You did say earlier that you never mm-hmm. thought that you would have these opportunities. What inspired you or pushed you mm-hmm. to really take it all the way? I was not born in a silver spoon family and I got a scholarship to support my medical school. I think that's that's the part where I realized that I need to work harder to have a good life and like to reach my dreams because before I I wish to be a doctor I I want to be a diplomat as actually I got two options uh, in 2015 to continue my study in a medical school with scholarship or to step down and then go to international relation because I really wanted to go abroad and I want to bring my my family into a wealth condition and yeah that's the the main motivation for me 
I need to have a side job to fulfill my daily needs because medical school is not as cheap as it seems. I have this motivation to be the best in my family, to show them that I can bring this family into a good wealth later on. So I need to work to reach my dream. By becoming this activist, I'm like, I have this way, I the, the way is paved there, and I have that opportunity, I see the light there. Uh, this might be a good career for me in the future because it's really hard for me to be able to work at international before because the opportunity is not as wide as in the central country. With this activism, I also gain some money and it's really beneficial for me to have this saving to support my activism as well. Even though everything is about people, but I cannot deny that in order to keep continue my work, I need to support myself financially. I need to give money to my family as well. So it's really hard to survive at the 2017 until 2019 because every big opportunity I need to have sacrifice on that. Mm-hmm. So I saved money a lot. I used my scholarship of stipend to go abroad to fund my trip. But at the end of the day, finally, I get a lot of invitations, free invitations, uh, work hard paid off. So I think that's the thing you know, which makes me keep going on with whatever I have now. So I'm really grateful for that. As a passionate activist for planetary health and for what is happening with climate change. What would you tell people who think, what could I possibly do to help? I always tell my friends, you don't need to do a radical way to change your habits. You can do it slowly because I know becoming a green lifestyle person is really hard, even though I'm still struggling with, with it now. And you can start from the small things in your life, like trying to use more public transportation, if then you can try to support the conservation or the climate change organizations, or it, you can try to change your um, habits from, okay, you always buy plastic, uh, you always buy a mineral bottle, and why not you bring your bottle from your home? So I always encourage people to start with the small things before they can do big things. It's okay if you cannot be consistent, but you have that willingness to change. You can try to use uh, use your power, use your time to join the youth movement if you want. So I always encourage people to do that. And I never force people to join my way because I really like to inspire them rather than to force them to join. I love that, you know, the the inspiration or just the idea that small changes do become big changes, but you have to start somewhere. Thank you for that. Dr. Fitri, you know, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? The first one, to provide them the space. Because without this space, they will not be able to raise their voice. They will not be able to express themselves. And then beside of the space, we need to provide them the support. And I really like to be one of the main supporters for my female friends because I really understand how it is working without mentor, how it is working without someone that can assist you because I was there and I was confused and 
Yeah, even though I figure out it by myself, but I really understand how it feels to be alone in that way. And it's really important for us to recognize their potential and then guide them. Like I mean, I'm like walking beside them. If you want to start something and we don't have someone to talk or to consult with, and this will be really helpful for all of the people out there who wants to start something to make change in their community. Sometimes they don't know where to start. Just try to be brave, be loud, and be confident. Because if we don't have that, the world will not hear us. The world will not see at us. You matter. I love that. I love that. You said so many important things, but yes. I, I just, I love that commission to be loud, be confident and be brave. And mm-hmm. sometimes we have to be told that. Right. And so thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for the incredible work that you are doing uh, truly to make this world a better place. And to yeah. our listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the power of stories podcast. Fitria, this has been a a wonderful conversation with you, and I'm leaving it uh, very inspired. Thank you, Yodit, for helping me be brave and be (laughs) confident. I've always been loud, so. (laughs) And we also send out much gratitude to Lisa Dijavine, who is the co-producer and editor of this podcast. Vitrie, is there anything you would like to say to leave our listeners with? I believe that we can all make change in our community. We just need to believe and work together and spread the positivity. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.